0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Loose Head Sports Show, the number one sports show in the world. I'm slurring my words already, Jed. Didn't even have a beer on the weekend, my friend. Firstly, brought to you by Caffeine Gum Australia. If you do not chew Caffeine Gum, then fuck you. If you're listening on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple, please subscribe right now and follow us both on Instagram at Two Loose Heads on, uh, for the show and at Wandering Bear Sports for the Empire. Jed, how are you, sir? I'm good. I'm,
1: I'm just – I'm here for the funeral. What's the funeral? Well, Tupo's out. Therefore, the tour is dead.
0: Is he out for the rest of the year? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting. I'm waiting. It's, it's – well, let's talk about rugby soon. I, I wanted to get straight into this um, conversation, which I think will um, you know, be well in your wheelhouse, and, and it's the subject of cancel culture. Now, you and I are both fans of Dave Portnoy. Mm. Um, Huge fans of Dave Portnoy. I'm not sure what your thoughts on Aaron Rodgers are. I'm a fan of Aaron Rodgers. And there's been a couple of things go on this week where people have tried to to cancel these two sort of outspoken figures. And rather than going into the details on, on exactly what happened, um because it's all alleged in terms of dave obviously aaron was talking about not getting the vaccine what's your take on the whole cancel culture sort of craze at the moment for lack of a better way of saying it it's, uh, it is insane unfortunately too many people get
1: get caught by it um look i think it came from something that was probably a good movement it was like was the you know the genesis of the me too stuff in hollywood and like bad things were happening and bad people sort of went down for it. And it's extended to a point now where if you don't like anyone for any reason and you're offended by them, then they have to stop existing. Um, so, you know, Dave, Dave's one in particular, he's sort of a right-wing conservative, whether he likes to say it or not. And that's just what the left do. Um, whereas Aaron is unfortunately just caught in a very controversial very controversial topic.
0: I, I don't understand cancel culture. I, I'm fully across what happened with both of them. Obviously, there's been some allegations against Dave, which I, I don't know if they're true or not. I hope they're not true because if they are, it's, it's bad. But he's handled it in a really good way, I think, because a lot of people are just, when they get accused of something, they just put their head in the, in the sand and hope that it goes away. Uh, And it does for some people, doesn't for other people, but Dave's Dave's gone on the front foot and, and basically gone after the people trying to cancel him. And I think that's the way to go about it. Because if you just allow these people to cancel whoever they like, like you and I did a show the other week, we had to cut a lot of stuff out of there. We're nobodies. We're absolutely nobodies. But if one person gets offended by something we say, like even you and I, who don't really have an audience yet, are worried about that?
1: Yeah, well, it's, so, only, it's really, it would be the repercussions from, it's like me and you are worried about it, but whether Eastwood Rugby or Southern Districts Rugby or somewhat, some other third party who has some sort of saying in our lives is worried about it, that's a different factor.
0: Now, but, but why is that an issue? Because we weren't talking about anything necessarily untoward because uh, everyone
1: it's everyone is super worried about offending anyone else ever now the one thing i've got to say with the, the movement and you said it you said it sort of unknowingly it was that you don't know whether what happened with dave was true or not we, we the world now is your people forgot you're meant to be innocent before you exactly fucking guilty
0: exactly right
1: so like you know that extends to everyone except in the public sphere, where in this public sphere, if, if anything is leveled against you over any ability, you're gone, you're fucking out of there. Um, so the only way to do it is, is the way that they've sort of done it, is to kick back and go, well, no, fuck you. You're trying to write a hit piece on me. None of it's true. Do whatever you want, here's my, here's my evidence. But I think people forget that one, they're innocent until they're proven guilty in the way we run our legal system. And yeah, you can't. You, people just don't stop existing because you don't like them. It doesn't matter. So to- you
0: you've had a brief sort of encounter with someone trying to cancel you this week. What's that been like for you? I got a lot of laughter from people uh, responding to me trying to cancel you. I shouldn't have admitted it was me, but like <laughs> even was, in that type was, of situation. Like what yeah. what was that like for you? I you was probably enjoyed it. I'm like, <laughs> in my head,
1: I was like, "Do you mean you?" <laughs>
0: um yeah well i mean i
1: i didn't really i didn't care but i mean it's because i don't have as much stake in anything i mean you know there's not that hard to believe (laughs) dollars aren't being rotated you know um i was more upset about the a very unflattering photo of me in a white (laughs) top than any of the comments but you know what i hope you all
0: thought the comments were funny and to the ones go fuck yourself if you didn't write a good one well, look, a lot of people actually write back to me saying that they don't want to cancel you, which I found incredibly hard to believe um, and almost disappointing in a way. But, but I, guess, I guess the whole thing, like I, I listened to the full interview Aaron rodgers did on Pat McAfee's show mm-hmm. and I've listened to some of the outrage and read some of the outrage that's been going around in the media and it just doesn't make sense to me how people can be so angry that a guy has made his own decision about what goes in his body. Did he? Did he maybe not address it in the best possible way? I I, I don't know. Yeah, I that, don't. I don't yeah. understand the anger. Is it boredom? Like, no, what is
1: it? Yeah, it is boredom. I I'm of the firm belief, and this was no, no, probably not a popular one, that society in general has run out of things to complain about. Uh, that's not tiny minorities that are oppressed for whatever reason. But as a, you know, the average person we've run out of shit to complain about, we've got, you know, particularly in this country and in that country, you've got water, you've got a system, you've got healthcare, you've got, you've got a government, you've got, you've got all sorts of things that, you know, people a hundred years ago didn't have. Um, So now it's basically people are forced to squabble over anything, um, which is why you see people give a shit about such tiny fucking stupid things. Um, and but uh, you know um, I don't know whether our 80 listeners who tune in for rugby stuff are interested about American politics, but American politics is so far on their different ends of the spectrum. So they w- they will tear anyone apart for anyone for anything, and they will champion anyone they can who even steps foot into their ring. So by having a choice and by sort of saying oh, I didn't want to get vaccinated, Aaron Rodgers automatically falls into the right. I mean the left. I mean the right. <laughs> I mean, I, the, I don't like,
0: understand how uh, he's in one of the camp. He's in he one falls, of the camps. So yeah, the other
1: camp's going after. He falls into it. like that right wing uh, pro choice, uh, pro guns, pro. Yeah, it's tied tied back into sort of you know Anglican is like that sort of. he falls back into that camp, he doesn't want to be in that camp, but he's in it.
0: Why? Why anyone gives a fuck what an, a quarterback in the NFL does is absolutely beyond me.
1: Yeah, I don't care. I, I don't care at all. I mean, America's. Now at that point they're so different from us. They've got forty bazillion cases, and they're just sort of
0: doing whatever, like it's. Mm. I got to bring something else up with you, and I'd love to get your opinion on this. So, I unconfirmed sources, but reliable sources, apparently the Aiu are scrapping the Aon Women's Seven Series next year. And I, I, I don't know if this is true or not, but there, there sounds like there's no formal sevens competition in Sydney next year. Is, is that as fucking crazy as I think that is?
1: Yeah, that sucks. I mean, I know we spoke about women's sport in the last episode, but women's sevens is, or was there for a little period, a very good moneymaker for the ARU and brought in a lot of popularity, revenue, and, and produced some stars. Um, and you can't just fucking kick them to the curb if they don't get a medal or they don't get the medal you want. So it, it,
0: it's- okay, so what what happened is they didn't get a medal. This is my understanding of it. Yeah. If you medal in the Olympics, the, the government gives you government funding. So obviously they didn't go well in the last Olympics, so the government funding has been pulled.
1: Yeah, well, look, that's that's disappointing. I would I would like to think that I mean, that, that sevens program doesn't cost a hell of a lot of money in comparison to some of the things we do. Like, you know, we spent a lot of money on, like, academies and 20s, the 20s program and things like that, whereas at this point in time, I'd say, like, sevens is a pathway for women. It's a, it is their pathway into the game. Um, yep. the, 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 comp, the, the Sydney comp was really good. It was really important. Um, the university's comp was great and it was, it was a great thing for our game to have a strong women's sevens team. So if, you know, the fact that I've seen a few girls going to NRLW, um, is that an indicator that they're rolling over or that there's no, there's no core contracts
0: next year? I don't know, but either way. I I think that's going to happen more and more. Do do you know the thing that annoys me most about that, Jed, is instead of going, so they've gone, Oh, we don't have the money. We can't afford to do it which I, I don't know if that's what they've done, but that's what it looks like they've done. How about trying to work out how you can finance it? Like, if I need to buy something for Wandering Bear, I'll sell some T-shirts or I'll, like, promote some gum or do something that actually creates revenue rather mm. than just going, oh, hey, I can't afford it. Just it's To me, that's just a small-minded attitude. And, like, I, I, I would argue that the women's sevens team that won the gold medal at the Rio Olympics actually changed the face of women's sport in this country because mm, after they did that nearly every other sport has professional competitions now and yeah. that that didn't happen before the olympics no and and the flow on effect from that is you get a lot of young girls starting to play the game and then you're actually boosting your participation base in like something that should have been a very obvious demographic in in women yeah it's a an, it's and, a no-brainer and and it feels like it feels like they're just I don't know. They're giving up on it. Like, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. I know. mean, after that, after
1: that Rio Olympics, like I'm sure you saw it at South Eastwood for the first time in uh, who, whoever knows since I was a kid, had, had a women's team again. They had a junior seven side. They had a, you know, 16 to 18 side. And now we're, we're lucky enough to have a
0: good seven team that runs, you know, through all those competitions. So but not uh, only that, N- NRL started, A League yeah, started, the yeah. cricket has started started. They,
1: they, they were trailblazers for for that for that period but and and i know that they were for women sporting this country on the better end of the financial coin um so yeah it's I, i'd be yeah it's gonna just gonna be interesting to see what happens whether the strainer will be just gonna solely fund it or um or whether it'll sort of Fall into shambles for sort of two years as they're like, as they move to make save money and then bring it back out for the next Olympics. But it's,
0: it's not looking good. insane, insane. To way. Me. No, it sucks
1: because they're like, they're a, they're a, they're a symbol of, of sport here as well. You know, anytime you can win Olympic gold medal is an Olympic gold medal. So we're only four years off that, that that happened. They didn't have as good a campaign this time. It's not like they're that far off, like, you know, without going out on a limb here. The men's team haven't been close to winning anything for fucking two decades. So, well, there hasn't
0: been any formal men's competition as far as I know, apart from like the old tournament, is there? But they got, I mean, we talk, if we're talking about funding here,
1: they get a fucking, they get a fucking, a lot more funding.
0: Do they? Okay. I
1: well, don't know. As that. in, as in, they, they, I dare say they're going to have a consistent, like they're going to have consistent payments going forward. They're not going to cut men's sevens entirely. There was a period there well, where they did. where they did. Um, but
0: they're not cutting women's sevens. It's more the pathway. Yeah. Does that make sense? It, yeah. it, we're, on, we're on the same page there, aren't we? It's, yeah. it's the pathway that they're getting rid of, which I think is a fucking ridiculous idea. I mean,
1: without sort of – I suppose Johnny Minetti has been the head coach for a while and he's at Eastwood and I – like he, he'd watch all those pathway games because I'd watch them as well because yeah. I'm sporting tragic and I'd be like, did you see so-and-so? She was really good or on the wing for the force or on center for here or center for that. So a lot of those, a lot of those women were found in the pathways, just like in any other sport and, and male sport 15. So it sucks. It sucks.
0: Okay. Let's, let's get to the really bad news. We've talked about all the good stuff already. Taniella Tupo has a concussion. Is that an accurate statement? I believe so.
1: I was just reading. I'm just getting an update on it lately. Uh,
0: it's is that uh, breaking news? Are we breaking news right now?
1: <laughs> we're breaking news in three days when I cut it yeah. up. Yeah, it's, <laughs> we're breaking news. Daniel Tubo, If he's not, if he doesn't come through this concussion protocol, they are fucked.
0: Yep. They are yep. so fucked. And is Alan injured? Uh, he went off during the game, but came back on. So I don't know. I think he's 50-50. But, look, I, I've I've had this argument with people for months now about how important tight head props are. And, and look, James Slip is a world-class loose head prop. Throw him in at tight head. Mm-mm. I mean, he, he locked down a couple. But, you know, over overall, it wasn't spectacular. And, like, the even with Al, like, I don't know what's going on with Al, but but um, the difference in the scrum when Taniela was on, noticeable. Yeah, okay. And... Yeah. I think I know I know you haven't quite watched the game yet, but I, I think the scrum difficulties were a big component to why we actually lost the game. Yeah, um, no, look, that, I caught up a little bit. The thing is, I
1: we aren't a good enough team to have Tupo as a finisher or like a bench player. He has to play fucking 70 minutes every game. I
0: it's think they bring him only, on at the
1: end to make up for Angus Bell's inadequacies. Well, you can't do that. Go and pick a better loose because Every fucking test, he will collapse. He's 21 years old, or however the fuck old he is. He's gonna collapse a few and get penalized every test. He carries the balls ball like a gun, but he's scrummaging. will not get better for years. So find a better loose head and stop making Tupo even him out. Start Tupo has to fucking start and he's got to play 70 minutes every game. If you want to win tests, week in and week out.
0: I agree. I agree. Look, we lose him going to the next World Cup. It's a very big problem. Um thoughts have you how much of the game have you actually watched? I've watched a bit. I've watched a bit. Mate, I I look at it, okay. Did we play well? No. But if we didn't do a few stupid little things and and things came off, then we go from losing the game just to winning the game quite comfortably. Like our Al, Al got Sinbin for a reckless arm, which well, is
1: Oh, we've got to stop. We've got to stop. We've got to stop on that. You gotta stop was,
0: Terrible, terrible call by the ref, in my opinion.
1: But, but it's, it's, it's almost not his fault. It's almost not his fault. The guidelines are so unbelievable. I've hit my grandma harder than Alan hit that guy. Honestly, yeah. even the Scottish crowd at Murrayfield, when they saw the replay, were like, Ugh. and they were sort of booted, which is it insane.
0: Was, it, it was, was n-
1: fucking embarrassing.
0: It was, it was nothing. But like, regardless of how you look at it, ill-disciplined, like, it was reckless. You know, debatable, but whatever. Let's look at it like that. There was a penalty earlier on, I think, against Fallout that stuffed up another try. That's two tries, potentially 14 points. James O'Connor misses one from in front. That's another three points. So instead of losing by two or three, what whatever the score was, you know, we win the game. And, and you know, some of the inadequacies probably don't get as, as big a spotlight shot on them. Yeah. Um, and rugby is very much like that. It's very small moments become big moments, and mm. I, I I actually think it was a game we needed to lose. Interesting. I I
1: yeah. I, yeah, I, I think in terms of bringing the inadequacies to, inadequacies to light, uh, it's perhaps important. But the, the way this tour is shaping up and the cattle we have, I think you I think you needed that notch on the board.
0: Well, look, you you, you never like to lose ever. Um, and particularly at Test Rugby, like you judge solely on wins and losses. But I think for the long long term, um, probably better than losing that game because we, we didn't get beaten. We lost that game, which is, as a coach, I would find that even worse. Yeah, it's disappointing. Like in terms of
1: executing, you know, medium to hard tasks at pivotal times, that's what good teams do well. And that's why, you know, I, even after four games, you know, we weren't, we're not an empire. Because that you gotta be able to do it fucking hundred times in a row. I agree. Okay.
0: Mate, I thought the All Blacks were shaky. Did you watch that game?
1: Yeah, he's my only crime with that. They were at 60 point at 60, 55 minutes in, they were 14 penalties in. That whoever had the whistle in that game lost lost his mind. So they were shaky. Italian defense was massive. They were just flying up. A um, the few of the boys were way off touch. Damien McKenzie was way out of touch. Balls were being dropped. But, yeah, look, I, I, just it was a very stop-start game because the, the, the penalty count was fucking enormous.
0: Did you see the guy run on in the Wales-South African game?
1: Yeah, look, I, it doesn't even make me giggle. And I no, like it's... dumb shit, but it doesn't make me giggle. He's a fuckwit. And to be honest, they should just set him free in Cardiff and let him get flogged.
0: Now, that'd be worse than going to jail, I reckon.
1: They should have let him. I've been in Cardiff and not got flogged, just. And they should have let him free in Cardiff on the main strip that night with a sign on his head. He would have, he would have come out with no teeth. Um, it's fucking dumb. It's, I don't get it. I don't like it.
0: No, look, well, Wales is a rugby country. So he's... Look, some would argue he might that guy might not have got the try, but Jesus would have got close. What that have, was their best opportunity.
1: That other would he's been doing it in all the games. He did it at the Japan game.
0: Yeah, I don't understand how guys like that can actually become famous of just being fuckwits.
1: Well, I, I dare say most of his interest comes from non rugby people. Then rugby, maybe rugby people would be like, "You're a fuckwit." Um, but but,
0: I, but it's it's like he's got no talent. So what's his talent? Getting into a stadium and walking over the fence, like.
1: Well, but becoming, I, funny. F- I don't know what I don't know what laws they're running there
0: because, at this point in Australia, after like four, he'd be in prison. So I don't know why he. Well, he certainly I, wouldn't be able to get into any stadium. No. Maybe they, maybe they don't know who he is in Ireland. Like, well, I they do now. But it's, they do now.
1: It sucks. I ha- I fucking hate it. And if also if you were singing the anthem like, and a guy was standing next to you, tell me you wouldn't fucking drag
0: him off. You'd, You'd be like, like, like disgusted. I I, yeah. I would imagine. I, I, fuck this idiot! Like, do I'm you see? Do you see against the All Blacks, Tyrell staring at him. No, I didn't. <laughs> Yes, he's standing right next to Tyrell Lomax and Tyrell's just turned and looked at him. The fuck is this guy doing? You know. Um, Have I talked to you about Husbler yet? (laughs) I can't remember. Husbler might be my favorite meme slash person on the internet right now. He's great. He truly is great. He's fucking hilarious. (laughs) That video of him and Abdu Rosik or whatever his name is, getting, getting in a fight in Abu Dhabi mate, <laughs> mate.
1: It's, very, it's um it's just it, it epitomizes with the internet and where we're at at the moment we're like a a 20 year old guy with some sort of just sort of disease where you don't grow he's the most famous person in the world um but it's very very funny <laughs> he just punches everyone in the face
0: but like professional fighters too
1: <laughs> yeah you might go to meet him just put him in there oh um, head
0: buddies was- head buddy khabib sorry you go go more <laughs> important you go
1: I, I, for one, was very much looking forward to his... Pay. I was following, like, Chechenian news to figure out when his pay-per-view with Abdul Razik was coming out. It,
0: Who is Abdul Razik? Who he, is
1: Abdul Razik? He was a pop star from... And I'm going to get this wrong, and my friend is going to murder me, but a neighbouring country, like, I think it's Tajikistan, he he, he raps. So he's yeah. a pop star, um, and they had teed up a thing, and I watched, like, I watched an hour interview with him. And the full translation from like Turkjikistan um, and Russian and like they were arguing over who was a better Muslim. It was insane. It was crazy stuff.
0: He's great. <laughs> like, you know, it, it's very frustrating for someone that tries to put media out on the internet. Yeah, you know, maybe we should try and fight pop stars from fucking Russia. But we haven't had a single person respond to our call outs. You're telling me, I know Dr.
1: Carl doesn't have that much to do these days. I, when was the last time you saw him do anything? Dr. Carl, answer our request. Chubby wants to fight you. He's um, it, probably like a black belt of judo or something. Yeah, he will. He'll <laughs> cast a spell on you. Um, inspired unemployed, not surprised They're very little. Um,
0: but yeah, look, I was, I was disappointed that, that Dr. Carl in particular didn't get back to you. I, I thought that that would have been something that would have struck a chord with him, but yeah, uh, you know yeah. I've been wrong before. He's an
1: obvious fighter.
0: I've,
1: I've got I've got a very good toppy, and one Go. that will make me cringe because we've both done it. I presumably did you see in the AFL that they've got rid of skinfold testing because it's body shaming?
0: What the fuck?
1: <laughs> so for the have, AFL, for the seriously. AFL draw for the AFL draft there won't be skinfold testing because of its body shaming.
0: Oh, my God. That is... No.
1: But- that, has
0: a, that should be big news.
1: <laughs> it is. It's fucking... I, it's, all, it's all over the place.
0: Um, you're an athlete in a running sport. Carrying too much fat makes you slower and makes you more unfit.
1: Yeah. So... The world is currently, I'm I'm just having a look at it now, the world is fuming over skin file testing. Um, The league reportedly told clubs on Saturday night would be banning teams from using common body fat measuring tool ahead of this year's national draft. Why? Why? Firstly, AFL, they're all
0: shredded. Secondly, Why? Why? mate it's coming back to cancel culture what am i doing here really like mate there's nothing worse on planet earth oh, so south uh, todd's first year at south you got a nutritionist lady and and she, and she goes oh, what do you want to do and i said well i probably need to lose a little bit of body fat and she looked at me with a shirt on and she's like oh, you don't look too bad you play prop take your shirt off and she goes oh yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you do. Oh, fuck. But, but she's, she's right. She was right. Like- yeah, it's really useful.
1: It's really a look. I've, I've been there and there was a trick I learned in Melbourne um, from Paul arlo And you have to sort of grease yourself up before the calipers. So for anyone who doesn't know what the, the skin folds actually is, it's, seven, it's a seven-point test around your body. So your bicep, your tricep, your stomach, your legs, all over the place, and they add up the numbers. Um, And we would get into the ice bath. This is just before, like, they're calling your name to get skin pot testing. You're in the ice bath, and you get out, so your skin's really tight. Tight, yeah. (laughs) And then you stay a little bit wet as well. So they're trying to caliper you, and it's like, oh, you know, I guess it's it's muscle. But I, you know, if I had to sit there for, you know, three years, and, Watch my score slowly jump into like the 150s, then these dudes, these guys who would be rocking, what, 45
0: in skin folds? So who gives a fuck? Way less, probably. Yeah. But um, funny story about skin folds is I was playing the NRC when I was in Melbourne. I was about to play Alan Alatoa in the semi final. And I just had my skin folds done that week. And I, I weighed 112 kilos and my skinnies were like 115, which is terrible. Sorry. And I'll, for like a fit fit person it's terrible and i I was talking to al before the game i'm like oh what are you like what are you weighing at the moment you know usual prop bullshit chat and he goes i weigh 125 and i'm like oh what are your skinnies and he goes like 50 this is a different species i I I
1: used to have the same problem with guy miller when he was around like you fucking (laughs) you stupid south african genetic freak wherever you are Insane. He's a shredded fuck. He looks, he looks
0: large at the moment, though. To He's be like 125
1: fair, 125 kilos. His skinnies were like 40, and I was, you know, I was 125 kilos, and my skinnies were
0: 125. So go fuck yourself, guys. Look at main message from this. He'll be watching this probably. He's a big fan. i oh, a big was- fan of the show. Oh, fuck. Oh, uh, but the fact that the fact that they're they're banning it because they don't want to body shame is absolutely that that is peak 2021 for me. Oh, it's- I had to think what year it was for a second there, but peak 2021, like, oh, I should be stopped wearing like singlets because of, you know, like people might get offended that their skin showing. You know, where, uh, where does, where does it end? Where does uh, it end Jed?
1: I, it, it you know what? It's going to end the same way it's going to end in America. Unfortunately, politically, you'll see the middle, which is probably you being pushed that way. You're going to get pushed right because the left, are annoying the fuck out of everyone with all uh, these
0: I, I would say i was right in the middle on yeah, most things
1: exactly but that's how it sort of swings so particularly after like obama's uh you know i do get political but it's, it's relevant after oh, it's interesting after obama's presidency everyone had the shits with the democrats so you saw a massive swing and a guy like donald trump who you know no one in a million years i had significant money on him not being elected Um, got elected president, massive Republican swing. Sleepy Joe at the moment, also doing a shit job. Cancer culture is high, social justice worries everywhere. Democrats will have another massive fall and the sort of the right, the middle get pushed to the right and the right rise again. So in Australia, we'll see um, a sort of conservative, old school conservative guy like our new premier uh, push into sort of federal government. That's what will happen. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, I feel like I'm just going to try and stay out of all that and just do whatever I think's right.
1: Yeah, I mean that, but you can't because you'll get caught. You'll inevitably get caught up in it somehow, some way, somehow.
0: Well, I think we need to start some kind of movement, canceling cancel culture, and yeah. that if you are trying to cancel someone, you should be canceled yourself. That's what I think. I'm okay with that. I also wish that people who had talent rose to the top. It's so easy for anyone to become successful and famous these days. Like, just look at all the people that blow up on TikTok or Instagram back in the day. Then some of them, you would argue, weren't that talented, particularly on TikTok. <laughs> and, and why do they have a fucking voice?
1: Yeah, well, no, they, they, they they got ahead of the curve. So they were really skinny, which I also wish I was skinny. They took like that off. I can't they do just it. Sort of wiggled their dicks around, and now they're, they're fucking famous. But you know, and
0: what? If, I, I wish hey, someone had they, told me, I would have
1: done it. I would have happy. I'm still happy to do it, but I the demand is low. Um, yeah, it's look. You, you, honestly, it's just a it's a coin flip. Some of this shit, um, particularly that <laughs> the, this era we're in now. Like, a, every now and again, like a, a mate of mine will have like a little little sister, a little brother who's sort of eight or nine. And their intake, their digital intake is fucking insane. Like the crap they watch and the amount of it. Like just people dancing just for fucking hours. I'm like, I, I couldn't do this. I tried.
0: I found my attention span is getting less and less. Hmm.
1: And Maybe. I think it's to do with
0: telephones and all the shit going on. It's like, if, if you haven't grabbed me within 15 seconds, I'm off with the fairies in terms of like watching something tv human beings like i <laughs> could you know i could talk to you all day because we're you know very similar and i find you interesting but if you aren't interesting i'll be fucking thinking about me doing this geez i'm going to start brewing beer you know how do i sell more caffeine gum and then you'll ask me a question i'll go oh,
1: the- Yeah, i do that yeah i do that all the time you look you make your you make an assessment very quickly whether you're going to engage like you'll be at the pub and it, you're right it takes and maybe it's a function of our digital age, but after about 20 seconds, you're like, all right, I'm just going to start floating in my head for a bit.
0: Um, I did a podcast with a well-known rugby coach who I won't name, but I am not going to release that podcast because uh, it was so uninteresting that I think if, if I was that person, I wouldn't want it released.
1: Hmm. I mean, what do you yeah. do, what do you do with that though? Like, do they do they ask at any
0: point why it hasn't gone out? If they ask me, I'll I'll probably just ignore them. <laughs> but, but but how well known uh, Well known.
1: Fuck, I mean, not all coaches are interesting, I suppose. I, I mean, I respect- oh,
0: mate, incredibly uninteresting, like yeah. painful.
1: Yeah, I, I, it sort of takes me on. We were chatting the other day. Um, about coaches and how, I mean, fuck! You I have so many coaches in your career. I ha- I loved some of my coaches, and I hated some of my coaches. Like, what did you have guys who you were, or were you more indifferent? I suppose I'm more, I'm more polar in my opinions on people. Are, were you more sort of indifferent to some, love some, or
0: how were you? Yeah, no, I had some that I fucking hated, and you know what? We actually won a premiership with that coach. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah yeah. Okay. yeah 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 um he they won't watch this but like the guy couldn't have had a bigger disdain for props you know it, it couldn't have been more disdained like like props were just unnecessary to this guy and it was almost like we won in spite of them um You know, people might not like me saying that, but it's true. But yeah, I've had a lot of coaches I love, but but my attitude is I'm going to try and keep open and try and learn from everyone. And there'll be some good things from one person, some shit things from another person, and you just try and work out the best for you. Yeah, that's my that's my take on it. It's a very mature take. I I certainly couldn't have had that until the
1: last couple of years. Um, Yeah, like I had coaches who I've come to acknowledge the fact that I respect certain coaches more for. I respect guys who put in time and yeah. I respect like strategy-based coaches. So if you're more of a morale-based guy, I won't naturally come to you. So if you're if you're more of just like a, you know- like, Passion. Yeah, if you're, if you're just a pure passion guy, that's, it doesn't ring as true to me. So I've, you know, I suppose now that I can acknowledge that, then I can try and pick out the parts of their approach that work best. But, you know, the guys who I like, who I really like throughout my career, were guys who were meticulous geniuses, basically. I love the guys who spend fucking too much time analyzing things, breaking the game down, and coming up with their own shit. So, you know, like a and and quirky at times, but like Billy Melrose, he's a gen, he's a genius. So he's a smart, smart man. And what he probably doesn't have in that other aspect, I I was attracted to that. So I suppose. That it came up because like you, you try and get the best parts of all of it, um, which is yeah. Important.
0: Look, I, it it is impossible. I, I agree with you totally. I, I prefer strategy over emotion. That's the way I am. Um, I was never. I'm not a hugely emotional person, and like I'm not. I, I'm not someone that likes hurting people. So I just really struggle with all that pre-game pump-up bullshit. But I think th- I think some people do get off on that. So. You, so my take on it anyway is that you need to have the strategy and a little bit of passion and emotion for those people because um, you and I could be as strategic as we like for people like us, but there are other guys who just don't respond well to that and just want to go out there and bash people. So you got to be able to get through to them as well. So I think having a balance is probably the, the key there.
1: Yeah. I mean, I and I, the whole process was sort of made me look back on coaches. And, and no secret, I hated my sports coach in Melbourne. He hated, he literally didn't like me. He was. I
0: know you, mean.
1: He treated me like dirt when I was there. And I was young. I was probably a pain in the ass, but he treated me like shit, mm-hmm. literally like a piece of shit. So I hated him and I ran into him year after year after year. And I, I still can't, I have no respect for him as a person. He, he was just a bad dude to me when I was a young kid. Um, which is I,
0: which is fucking strange
1: sucks. it sucks man yeah. but the like he there were as, there were aspects to his coaching which were good so like i can look back and be like th- those aspects those technical aspects were really good i like and I, you know the, the fact that this is the process that you used um this is the way you ran trainings that would they were they were really positive you know the fact that you alienated half of your squad not a positive
0: if the human side of it is probably more important than the rugby side of it in my point of view because he can be as good a coach as he like as he likes, but if he's lost half the Ford pack on half the team, what well, fucking good is is being a good actual technical coach yeah you yeah. know and, and particularly in a work environment like like in a rugby club it's it's more social so you really shouldn't be a prick anyway but in 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 a professional environment, you're at work, so why would you want to make it unpleasant for anyone?
1: Anyway? Yeah, I don't know. It's look, it's very rare, usually, like sort of senior players get sick of coaches after three or four years. But the guy just didn't like him, so uh, you know, you
0: got to be a little bit of a strange character to be a
1: good coach. Um, I think, I think so. I think you got to be. I mean, you're looking down, Fuck. we might have to cut this bit, but I look around the shoot shield and there's a handful. Don't
0: don't don't name him so we don't have to cut no. it. But you, I know exactly what you say.
1: There's a handful of coaches I respect, and I, because yes. I think you know what, that's a fuck. That's right there. That's a coach, man. He puts in time. I've seen him put in time. He puts in work. He varies his game plan. I've, I cut up his team. And what does it matter to them? I'm an, I'm a nobody to them. So exactly, fuck it. But you know, there's a, there's a handful of guys, and those guys are different people because you got to like. You know, if I look at Billy, Billy spent his whole life fucking coaching. And you know, you've got to give up time with your family, you've got to give up time in your in your social life, you've got to give up time as you you know in your profession, if you want a profession as well. I mean, I look at Ben, I work under Ben and like Ben spends a stupid amount of time. So yeah, I think you've got to be I think you've got to be insane. And that's where I you know I don't respect as much. People who sort
0: of just go through the motion. I have a theory on that. A lot of theories, but I, I, I think some people become rugby coaches because they, they like the idea of the lifestyle of being involved with sport and earning a living doing something that's fun. I think that's a lot of it. That I call that ego coaching. And then I think some people are genuinely meant to be coaches, and the process of actually improving a group of human beings, improving individuals, and. And learning about yourself and the game is genuinely appealing to people, and uh, they're the coaches that I like. The people that aren't doing it for the money or the lifestyle, they're the people that are willing to work on themselves and everyone in the organisation to get better.
1: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you, and you can tell you can tell when you're a player who they are. You can you can fucking tell because at whatever time. There's 50, there's whatever clips are ready. There's your game plans ready. Your things are ready. If we needed something, they've got it for you. They've done something else for you that you wanted. If you needed individual feedback, you, they've done it. Um, and you respect them. And, and that, as soon as you get, like if you get the respect of your playing group, the, the, rest, it's, the rest sort of takes care of itself. But, you know, guys, I, we had guys particularly in the NRC, which was a short comp. They were guys who were going through the fucking motions. And I had to sit there, you know, mostly I did three years at the Rams, one at the Eagles. So it was mostly at the Rams, but I sit there at the Rams and just go, well, yeah, you haven't recruited. We, did, we didn't prepare a game plan. We're understaffed. You don't know who everyone is. Like, what, what support are you doing? Here? So, like, I'm here. You're meant to be here doing a job as well. So it's, it, it honestly, it, it's a very rare part of rugby but it fucking sucks when you have a coach you don't like. It really does. And it's fantastic when you have one who you do. I was lucky I had a lot that I do. Um, and I had John at Eastwood for a long time who I like and I had Ben at the end of my career who I really like. But it's it's uh, it changes rugby completely when you have one you don't.
0: I feel like a lot of junior... I feel like junior coaching is a really important job. I wouldn't want to do it myself because I think that those guys... Have to deal with, with a lot in terms of parents, and yeah, this a, is not for, this is not for me. But no. uh, how often do you hear of like a bad junior coach turning a kid away from the game? Mm. Yeah, and, and I think it's the same probably at Shoot Shield level. Like, I've heard of some some crazy stories over the years. Like, well, I mean, you know,
1: yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, we, Eastwood has been the traditional recipient of a lot of players from a a certain club and that's not not really been through our seeking to be honest but you know certain relationships and certain coaches they drive they drive people away and like if you've got a good if you've got a good coach players will come back you know if if your first grade and second grade coaching is good even if they're not in the position they want to be they will come back because they're like you know what I'm getting better. I know that guy's got the spot in me at the moment, but I'm getting better. I'm enjoying my time. Um, where where you run into trouble is where someone's hunting for a first grade spot. Just on the cusp, didn't get it. Next club, next club, next club, next club, and that's what that's what you do see
0: a lot. There's a lot of that. I was, I just listened to um, a season in the sun, the book on Tom Brady and the Bucks last year. And, and I was going to screen record this and put it on Instagram because I thought it was so good. I, I listen to audiobooks, books. And it was uh, Tom Brady wanted to leave Michigan after his first year. And he's gone to the coach and said, I want you to transfer me. And he said, you need to go away and think about this because this could be the biggest regret of your life. Do you, do you want to just give up or do you want to stay and compete and actually prove that you're the best player? Yep. Thought about it. I'd like to start stay and prove I'm the best player. Became who he was meant to become but how many times do you see guys just go i'm not in first grade this guy hates me fuck this place Go to the next place yeah it's It's more common than it isn't
1: it's a really good point and it's come up organically but it's a very good point um you know i suppose i would tell i tell the guys who are aspiring like you obviously need to help them out of being realistic is the most important thing for any player if you've got a if your sense of reality is off you're going to have a very long and tough career because you're always going to think you're here when you're actually far lower. Um, So you need to have a grasp on where you sit. Um, After that, I suppose, you know, from an Eastern perspective, you know, I'm of the opinion where you need to just get into this fucking team, but make yourself so good that you can't not be picked. Once you're in the team, the rest will take care of itself. Now, if you want to go to another club and try and make that team, fine or but if you don't make that you go to the next one the next one at some point you're going to have to be if you want to be a professional so good that you are good enough to make any team so you know even if there's someone very good ahead of you be better than i mean it's not like there was no props when you turned up to south there was three wallaby props Yeah. Or there was no props when I turned up to Eastwood and they were just like, Oh, we didn't have loose heads last year. Here you go. You know, you, at some point you actually have to play and be the better,
0: be a better player than someone
1: who's in front of you on the, on the lap.
0: I would say to the second grade guys all year, if you want to be in first grade, you've got to stand out. You've got to be so good that we have to pick you in first grade. And the other thing that I, Coaching so interesting because you, you get to actually really see what people are about. And a lot of people say they want something, but their actions aren't backing up what they're saying.
1: So, so I'm far more interested so in a guy no. that's
0: actions, that's actions that, that, that is doing the work rather than talking about it. So but it's usually, it's usually the other way around.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's so that's, that is the, the truest thing uh, that we have potentially ever said on this. Um, this this podcast, but nine out of ten guys showing up to club football in that sort of top squad say so they want to be professional athletes. About two of them do, because to be a professional athlete, you have to eat like a professional athlete. You have to you don't drink you don't drink much because you're a professional athlete. You fucking train like a professional athlete. You look like a professional athlete, and then you play like a professional athlete. And most of the guys they might play like a professional. Um, and they might do half of the weights. But, you know, if you think you're going to be a professional, why why don't you look like players in your position at the next level? Why aren't you as quick as them? Why aren't you as fit as them? Why don't you have the same skills as them? So that's so, so, so true. And um, that comes back to sort of knowing that your reality and knowing like, okay, I'm probably good enough, but my body composition is fucked and I need to go and work way and get stronger in the legs. Or, you know, I'm, I'm not good enough yet. And I need to put more time. I need to spend double the time, but only 10% of guys of those, you know, guys who shop to the top court actually know or have what it takes to get to that next level. They just want to say they are. They want to yeah. say they are.
0: It's 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 like an ego. It's an ego thing. They want to feel good about themselves. Why am I not playing first grad? Why am I not playing super rugby? Uh, the, the reality is, is your actions are not backing up your words. Yeah, I mean, it's very, it's very easy. It,
1: not, it's not an easy out. It's a, it's a realistic out. I mean, most of the time, a, a vast majority of the time, the, the input will reflect in, in the output, you know. And when they ask you a question or someone goes, well, you know, why didn't the tires look at me from preseason I go, well, you know, what are you squatting at the moment? You know, well, I haven't squatted in a couple of months. Well, then the Tars look at you and they go, you know what's going to take me six months to get this guy to, to par. I don't have that amount of time. I need someone who's ready to go now. So whilst you've got to be, it takes a lot of your time, a lot of your effort, a lot of your brain power, a lot of drive. Like if you want to be a professional, you need to tick those boxes before you get there. It's not about being sighted as some sort of prospect. The guys,
0: most of the guys going on into these programs are already ticking all these boxes. I don't think, well, this was my experience: is I thought I wanted to be a professional rugby player. And then in the couple of tastes that I had of it, I'm like, Oh, I don't actually want this. And I think most people think they want it, but they don't really want it. When, when you find out what it actually takes.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's an, it's an interesting take. A lot of, a lot of guys, like I know, I know Ben, in, he did a podcast the other day, uh, Mr. Batchen, you know, he, he, the most fun he had as a player in, in terms of enjoying his rugby, was club level. I speak to Guy Miller a lot, you know, a lot of the times, you know, when he was down in Auckland or he's, you know, somewhere in New Zealand, he sort of just wished he was back playing club footy, doing what he loved. Um, you're right. I, like I wanted to be a professional footballer. Um, I didn't mind training day in, day out. Uh, I could have done it for a couple of years, but it's, it's, it's more of a, like you said, it's more of something to you hang your hat on than something that people actually love. Because, you know, I, as I keep saying, there's a few young guys I'm talking to at the moment who are doing their first pre-seasons or their first full year on contract. It's not very fun. And it's your fucking job. You get paid for it for a reason. Because you turn up and you get smashed and you get, you're expected to be in places on time. You can't sleep in, you go, got to be there. You've got to do the training. You've got to say yes or no, sir. You've got to know all this shit. It's not, right. it's not like your normal football. It is your job.
0: Who was the, who was the um, Rupert liaison officer when you were at Melbourne? Um, I bring him up all the time. He was a great bloke. He was a great bloke. Uh, I can't remember his name. Was it Good Yadier? bloke. Yeah, yeah, nah. Cam, Cam York. Cam York. Cam York. Cam York, I think. He, he said to me when I'm there that professional sport is unlike any other occupation because in most jobs, you judge maybe once a year on your performance. In professional sport, you judge every day, every week for the vast majority of the year. You get weighed, you get skinfold tested, maybe not anymore. And, and you are—you have a real light shine on your performance, which for someone in their early to mid-20s to early 30s is a really, really tough thing for a lot of people to deal with. And I think if you don't really enjoy it, um, it's probably not something you're going to last at.
1: Yeah, look, I, we, we might have cut the middle out of this because this is the good stuff at the end. We've just stumbled upon it. The um, the guys who look I, like there's some young guys from Eastwood who are, just moving into the professional world. And most of the advice I give them is from things I learned not to do, but it's got nothing to do with their football. It's got everything to do with politics of going into groups, knowing when a, you know, knowing when a coach actually means something they say or whether they're just sort of making it up on the spot, um, saying the right things at the right time, you know, trying to be one of the boys without being you know, a piss head or being seen as a party guy. Those aspects are there. They're harder than playing, playing rugby because, you, you know, if you've been picked up, you're already a good rugby player. You've got to go somewhere and have a like a personality that suits the team. And the coaches have got to like you, but you know, you, you've got to still be seen as challenging. It's, it's, you're literally a politician when you're there. You've got to, you got to put off the right vibe. And that's the hardest part. Um, like I, one of the guys was, you know, pre season can get crazy, you know, like you're with together with each other every day, day in, day out, just on top of each other, like tiny little differences can blow up for no reason. Just because you've got nothing else to worry about. And you know, some of it, some of the time I spent talking to them about stuff like that. And I'm like, mate, it'll blow over, but you know, go buy, go buy a tub of ice cream and it'll all be good. But you know, that's they're the hardest parts of professional football. It's not with it's uh, that- the playing. It's the the playing of the travels are the fun part you're right it's that sort of bullshit it's the being made in the in the in the in the scrutiny i said to a player i used to give out sort of fucking bullshit advice once a week years and years and years ago to young the young player i said to him mate you, you're better off being a better trainer than a better player if you want to be a pro and that's that,
0: that's what people care
1: about yeah because you yeah. i said you're gonna train fucking 50 times the amount of time you play so you yeah. might as well be a better trainer and yeah, particularly in this country, you get that's how you, you'll get a longer career that way, that's for sure.
0: Um, mate, that was that was very insightful. I've certainly learned I've certainly had a rugby career where I did everything you shouldn't do. Yeah. Um, and I feel like you've probably done a lot you should do, and probably a lot you shouldn't do as well. So if yeah. anyone gets to this point, uh, feel free to message Jed Gillespie and um I'll give you his number as well if you like. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I, a very, I, got
1: a, I got a very good point, but I'll have to save it for next week. No, well, I got time. Well, I, I was talking to we can, well, we can cut. I'll, I'll play around with this this one. Um, I was talking to some of these guys. I'm almost at the point, and like you, you spent some time. I spent some time. I think professional rugby has too much time on their hands. I think they I, start, I think they start
0: inventing things. I I think humans have too much time with their hands generally and start to invent things, particularly when they get bored. Uh, I spent a couple of weeks at Melbourne in 2018. This was the schedule one day, and it just absolutely did my fucking head in. 7 a.m. field session because the Storm were there and whatever the Melbourne soccer team is were training at the same ground. So obviously the Rebels get shut on and have to train first. So 7 till 8.30. Then you have half an hour till breakfast. They cooked your breakfast there. Wonderful. Probably the only part of it that I enjoyed. And then 8.30 till 2 o'clock in the afternoon, you've got nothing to do until gym. Gym, Gym's in the afternoon. So what the fuck are you doing between 8.30 and 2? Yep. And then you got, keep in mind, you got scrum meeting,
1: line meeting, forwards meeting, team meeting, attack meeting, backs meeting. Uh, strategy meeting, senior senior leaders meeting. Um, there is a plethora of time in that week, particularly in the preseason, and a lot of I suppose what I've been saying to these guys is you've got to you got to pick the moments where you're getting poignant things that you can use, and moments where they where they're killing time or they're killing like you, you know if you're getting feedback and they're like, oh uh, yeah, work on your catch pass. You know, is it something they've really looked into, or is it something that they had to come up with a third thing and they threw it at you. Um,
0: Fucking oath. I, yeah. I, 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 I would ask people questions that I didn't know the answer, that I knew they did not know the answer to just because I wanted to see what they said. Like to me, if I don't know something, I'm going to go, hey, Jed, I don't know, but let's find out together. Yeah. But nearly um, everyone came up with an answer. Yeah, look, you will get like, you know,
1: particularly areas... Um, like there's a player with the Waratahs and he didn't end up signing the Waratahs, did a preseason. It's like, well, you know, why didn't I get picked up all my work on? And, you know, the response, it was very recently. The response was like, oh, mate, you know, you, under the high ball, you know, you just keep working on that. That's his best facet of his game. Some would yeah, say, but, that, but
0: that's also a skill you can improve.
1: Yeah, but some, it, it was, it was under the high ball, which was the best thing of his game and mauling. like, Fairly intangible. So I said, mate, you've got to look at that in, you've got to look at it in context. The reality is, didn't have a spot for you. Probably didn't want you. Here's some feedback. Doesn't really matter.
0: Well, one of my things that I've really made sure I did this year, and I, you can't always do a good job on it, but you try to. It's just be very honest with people. We are not picking you because the other guy is playing better. If you can improve this, this, and this, that'll help you. But at the moment, they're the main man.
1: Yeah. It's like this, I, this is the best out, This is the best outcome because of this. I think once you start getting into like um, sort of intangible goals where people can hit or can't hit, yeah, you're in the you're in the murky water.
0: Yeah. And it's a lot of that's really to do with people's personality and coaches not liking them. But I think in my-
1: Yeah, I think it it it's definitely is. And but I suppose for those for those guys who, who are in that or who haven't been in a professional environment and moving into it. There's a lot of fucking dead time, um, but they use it. So you've got to sort of learn to be on for the parts that are really important um, and not be off, but like just be there for the other parts. Um, But, you know, as I said, you have 10 meetings a week, probably could be knocked out in two, but you're going to have 10. So it's almost like
0: attending them is more important than actually getting any knowledge across. When Wandering Bear Sports becomes a global, global superpower, which, like, let's face it, it's, it's well yeah. in its way. Inevitable. I will I will not be going to meetings. I hate meetings. The, the when I had a real job, the vast majority of meetings that I went to were to make the other person feel good and never actually got anything accomplished.
1: Yeah, look, meeting, meetings for the most part, I like conversations, um, but meetings for the most part are to satisfy someone's need for something, whether it's attention or something or they don't understand something, but yeah, when, you, when you're running your own empire, mate, you don't have to go to
0: meetings. There are some good meetings I should say, but the vast majority of them don't leave with any outcome as far as I can tell.
1: Well, you, you probably enter with what you need and leave with what you need. Uh, well, that's
0: it. Yeah. That's it. That's all I'll do. So- I think we've done well as per usual. How would you rate this show? Nine? I reckon eight, nine out of ten today. Well, there's a little bit of act, there's a little bit towards
1: the end. There's some actual things that might help someone sometime. Um, but
0: yeah, there's a, there's a bit of ranting at the start as well. So that's good. I, I like finding out about that stuff because I'm more of an, an observer of it than actually being like either way about it. So I just like, it doesn't make sense to me. People should be able to say what they want, do what they want. Obviously, you don't want to hurt anyone if you can avoid it. Um, but I think your intentions gotta matter a little bit. Look, I, I stand I stand by I suppose my summary for the
1: whole thing is I think we've run out of things to complain about.
0: Yeah, it's like a big
1: boredom. So it's it's, it's often it's often quoted by sort of speakers and people like that from the conservative angle, but they're like, Were well, your grandparents complaining this much when they didn't have fucking electricity? They were poor as shit, they had no technology, they were all they're dying early, like You've got everything. What are you complaining about?
0: I was listening to something the other day. I can't remember what time period it was, but uh, it was like, smell yourself. How do you smell? Yeah, not bad. Compare that to 200 years ago where perfume didn't exist, deodorant didn't exist, daily washing didn't exist. might have been longer, 100 years, 200, whatever. So now we get washed every day we really have everything. People don't have anything to complain about anymore. So they're making things up to complain about.
1: Yes, there's a, it's almost a, it's a, it makes people feel important to complain about things, but there's, not, there's nothing substantial there, I'm sorry. But they're like, as I said, unless you are discriminated against, my, discriminated against minority and in particular instances, if you're a run of the mill dude, run of the mill woman, if you're complaining about stuff to the high end, you
0: are bored. I agree. Let's come up with a t-shirt. Cancel, cancel culture. 100%. Cancel Cancel Karens. Is there like a Karen name for men? Jed. (laughs) Cancel Jed. I think there is. I think it's Ken. Ken? no, Ken McCoy. He's not, (laughs) he's not a cancelable person. I
1: can't remember. It's something like that though. I watch compilations on YouTube
0: of them getting shut down. It's great you know we will have made it when people are trying to cancel us yeah i can't wait i can't wait. i can't I can't wait either all right this is a good show buddy i had fun as always yeah, um are you got training on tonight yep
1: yeah, did a little half day i'll try and do some rugby stuff now
0: nice man nice never fucking ends the rugby stuff does it no nah.
1: all, all right, right. talk anyway, soon